1: Wake up, America, before it's too late. The
2: Steve Day Show.
1: And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here, live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Day's here, along with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre, joined by our Blaze TV colleague, Oron McIntyre. He'll be joining us here in a few minutes for the Days Group. Make sure you subscribe to his podcast, by the way, and uh, definitely. One of the more interesting uh, th- thought leaders and 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 opinion shapers that I've seen emerge in the last few years. I find that stuff to be very compelling, and uh, that's why I follow him closely on Twitter or X, whichever we're calling it nowadays. And I would urge you to do the same. Uh it's of course we're into uh, almost a full week now here on the blaze of the big gamble that we are taking in uh, disrupting the paradigm in conservative media. We finally did what we've all known in this industry we would eventually have to do and we needed to do. But the problem is, you know, it's not a great economy and 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 this is still a major revenue stream, even if it is a hostage situation by allowing your primary monetization model to be governed by people who hate you. All right. And so this week we took a big step here on the blaze and stepped out in opposition to that paradigm and made uh, the made the blaze and blaze news. Uh, We made it ad free. And we're no longer going to be beholden uh, to big tech in that area. We're going to give you the news that you deserve, that we really want to report unfiltered, without anybody on, in Silicon Valley or any dimly lit room uh, having their thumb on the scale and approving us for approving it for or approving it for us. And now the problem with that freedom, though, is it comes with great risk. And I say this as somebody who has owned his own show since. Um, I left local radio on February 11th, 2000 and, uh, 2011. I've not been anybody's employee other than my own, no matter which network I was on. This one, Salem, others, as we were getting to moving up uh, through the food chain and getting to this point. And so I get the risk of that. I mean, I felt that risk with just me and a couple of employees, let alone a, a massive operation like the Blaze. But we trust you, the massive audience of the Blaze, that this is what you want. You want the truth and there is going to be a market for the truth. And so uh, it's just seven bucks a month. You can get both Blaze TV and the Blaze News, which looks fantastic and has so much great content. Get them both for just seven bucks a month. Man, you can't beat it. That's like, you know, Aaron said, that's one coffee nowadays in the Joe Biden era. Shouldn't be, but it is. Uh, If you're already a Blaze TV subscriber, you can get this now as a part of your subscription. Just log into the new Blaze and uh, go from there. So heard from a lot of you that are very excited about this and thank you for that. We really appreciate it. Speaking of a new era, you know, we learned during COVID that instantly medications can just be ripped apart and taken away um, even before their effectiveness can be discovered or debated publicly. They can be after winning Nobel Peace Prizes. They can be suddenly deemed dangerous uh, after, you know, being in, in, you know, being inserted into the physiologies of tens of millions of people since the 1960s. Um, it, it now suddenly is a, that's not a safe drug. Right. On top of that, we've got critical shortages right now here in the U.S. uh, of medications. And this is what happens when you let China, uh, when you let them manufacture about 80% of the world's antibiotic supply. And another great move by your elites. All right. So this can cause severe disruptions in medical treatments resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, uh, the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. Get a hold of our friends over at Jace Medical, whether it's a backup of your existing medications. Or it's the Jace case, the backup of venerable medications that could be the next on the hit list. Hit list. You never know when there's a quote-unquote emergency. Make sure you've got that peace of mind right now with our friends over at Jace. They now offer a customizable uh, a customiz- customization for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. You can't beat it, all right? JaceMedical.com. Enter the code DACE at checkout for the discount on your order. That's uh, Jace Medical, J-A-S-E. For jaceminicle.com, discount code DACE at checkout uh, for the discount on your order. Next hour, it'll be your turn, uh, and we'll respond to your responses to us on a Feedback Friday. But let's begin this puppy with the Dace Group. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by Aaron's Issue 1, the main event, which everybody looks the most forward to. Everything we do after this point will be a letdown. Here it is. Bleep Lord Nefarious says.
2: been in San Francisco basically homeless for 26 years. 46-year-old Adam Moore tells me he has
1: lived on the sidewalk across the street from Stella Maris Academy for more than two years and that his sign offering free fentanyl for new users is no joke. Moore says he's
2: just passing on the drugs that other people give him in exchange for blankets and supplies he provides. Uh, Muslim and those perceived uh, to be Muslim have endured a disproportionate uh, number of hate-fueled attacks.
0: Will
2: be free. They feel bad if they don't reciprocate, so they bring me trash that they've scavenged, things that they think are valuable, or they give me some of the drugs that they have, which I don't do. You're exposing huh. grade school kids to this. Mm-hmm. This is not right. You know that. No, no, it's. I mean, the kids. shallow. The, I so. mean, the kids. <laughs> the kids come out of the school and they see this. Yeah. Yeah. I only live by two rules. Uh, be kind to others, and make it look easy for children.
3: You know, I know many of you in the Muslim-American community, the Arab-American community, the Palestinian-American community, and so many others are outraged and hearty, saying to yourselves, here we go again with Islamophobia, and distrust
2: we saw after 9-11. The Richmond district police captain told me they recently tried an undercover sting on Moore, but he didn't have any drugs at the time. However, it's his past that's led to some concerns. Moore is on the Megan's Law website for lewd and lascivious acts with a child under the age of 14. For the next five years, high school students in Oregon will not need to perform proficiency tests, showing mastery of reading, writing or math in order to graduate. And this comes as the Oregon Board of Education unanimously voted to. Extend a pause on the graduation requirement yesterday until 2028. They're citing inefficiency and inequity. Moore is apparently not considered a high risk offender, so he does not have to follow the rule to stay 2,000 feet away from any school. And uh, I was told that he is in compliance with all of the components of uh, what his sex registration are.
4: All right. To uh, answer your question, how did I get all of this covered? So I'm in the military and TRICARE basically has been upgraded and updated their policies over the last couple of years to accommodate trans soldiers and the procedures that we need to become ourselves
1: can I go home I think it's a great time for war with Iran great time I mean I think that we look ready we look ready to empire again. We're ready to. Em- we're ready to be heard again. We are. We look. We look very ready to empire again, I think. Let us begin. Uh, Oran is the guest, not to be confused with Aaron. Oran as the guest, you get to go first. What was the worst rot gut you were just forced to ingest?
3: I think my favorite part was uh, Biden doing the Norm Macdonald 9-11 joke, but he actually meant it. Like like he did the exact joke Norm (laughs) Macdonald did, but he just did it seriously to the nation as a speech.
1: That, that I hadn't made that connection, but yeah, that's, that happened, guys. Todd, your thoughts? I want to go home. Yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, Along the same lines with uh queen jean pierre there, reminding us the plight of the american muslim and how hard this time is for them we you take the breadth of everything there western civilization the point we were at and so we keep saying things like you know proportional responses i i can't tell you How, as it applies to parroting something like that, about how we're supposed to treat Muslims in America while Muslims in America and American universities are chanting, kill the Jews. This is so far from being civilized. The civilized response... And I mean this, a civilized, a genuinely civilized response would have been deportations long ago, jailing people.
1: You don't have to go long, home, but you can't stay here. Long yeah. ago.
4: For example, and this is uh, t- the, the, the two, this is not as it, it related to Islam, but the two Punks who were recently um, uh, caught on camera during a court because they ran, they purposely ran yeah. down and filmed a retired police cop, and then they're joking and laughing. They're laughing about it. A yeah. civilized society would have executed them by now. That's civilization. Civilization has government that functions as a vanquisher of evil the lies we tell ourselves these days about civilization means that the worst evil must have the greatest voice while over in england there it's full-on orwell thought crimes they are arresting people for praying silently praying silently silently praying yeah Uh, this is not civilization
1: and th- and, 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 and or at least one that's not going to last much longer.
4: No, and no. that need, needs to point... A, evil is dealt with brutally and justly in a real civilized society. And we just aren't capable of even understanding that.
1: We are the, we uh, are, we are the fulfillment of the great rant Al Pacino's John Milton or the devil goes on at the end of The Devil's Advocate. Okay, we are we are we are which is which was one of the inspirations I had when I wrote the book A Nefarious Plot. And and we are we are the fulfillment of that now. That that was that was an absolutely prophetic rant.
2: Aaron. Todd, you mean to tell me uh, that a people that can't understand the pretty obvious truth that you just that you just laid out there. You mean to tell me that that type of people maybe wouldn't be able to, I don't know, educate their high schoolers on reading, writing and math. Correct. Yeah, that's probably my worst of the week. Or just the, the most demonic there. I we're just flat what what's the point of school then? Well, there is a point. Oh, there's and a point. And we've yes. we've oh, known yes. this point forever. This was the logical <laughs> this was the logical endpoint of public education. It was never about reading, writing, math. It was just about. Um you know, our our friends at Media Matters talking about uh, talking about us this week. Uh, it is Satan's youth ministry. That's all it's all mm-hmm. it's become
1: mm-hmm.
2: on taxpayer funded dollars. And now they're just telling you that out in the open in Oregon. Yeah, in order to graduate, basically in order to become valedictorian in Oregon, uh, chop your nuts off if you're a dude or boobs off if you're a woman, and uh, get your hair purple or pink, and you're valedictorian. That's basically what they're. That's at least that's how it came off to me anyway. Ten minutes ago.
1: We had to invest in their STEM programs yep. so that the, the, the government school program, the government schools were, were actually embarrassed at how stupid the kids were. So we had to invest in the STEM programs to give them back some aura of legitimacy. All right. So the kids actually knew how to you know, do basics and function in a, in, in, a, in a technologically driven world while also being completely indoctrinated. That was just 10 minutes ago. That, I mean, that was going to save the government schools a massive investment. We had that was that stem was the plumb line 10 minutes 10 minutes ago. 10 minutes later, you don't have to even spell stem. <laughs> right? You don't have to you know, spell stem. You don't have to pronounce stem. Just open up and say, ah, exit question on a scale of one to 10. With one being how well Todd felt last Friday night when he was down with a nasty virus. And 10 being how well Lindsey Graham feels when he's down.
2: Rank this week's level of total depravity, Todd. 10. Aaron? I don't get the scale, but I'll go with a 10.
1: It's actually good that you don't get it. Yeah, I was homeschooled. Yeah, that, that's I still good. don't it, get it, some it, of it, these it, innuendos. It, It's good that you don't get it.
3: Oran, go ahead. I am also baffled by the scale, but I'm
1: just going an 8 for safety. <laughs> Very funny. (laughs) Oh, that was very funny. Um, Before we get to issue two, a word about our friends over at AMAC, an organization uh, that wants you to have an option. Uh, apart from uh, the AARP, which uh, still backs Obamacare, gun confiscation, tranny policies that endanger parental rights, not to mention your children. Uh, And that's why last election cycle, about 95% of their donations went to the Democrats. So if you want to join a retirement organization that actually values American values, join the Association of Mature American Citizens. They proudly champion great values like free speech, religious liberty, the Second Amendment, and and more. They've got more than two million members nationwide. They're a pro faith, pro family, and pro freedom organization, but they can't do it alone. That's why joining you joining gives you special access to great low rates and everything from uh, cell phones and plans, health and wellness pro- products, prescription drugs, and more. Uh, and the more of us that join, the better those benefits get. So send a strong message. You want to finish the race? Go to amac.us/dace. Uh, dot us slash dace amac dot us slash dace is where you wish to go let's get to issue two then they came for john stewart
2: John Stewart's talk show is headed for the chopping block after Apple executives reportedly got cold feet over Stewart's plan to discuss China on the show. Filming for season three of Stewart's show, The Problem with Jon Stewart on Apple's streaming service was set to begin in weeks, but production staff were informed just last week the show was being canceled. According to the New York Times, the show's cancellation stems from differences between Stewart and Apple executives. Stewart wanted full creative control over the show's content, but Apple executives were allegedly concerned about the topics Stewart planned to cover in season three. Those topics included China, artificial intelligence and Israel. There are also concerns about Stewart's coverage of the 2024 election.
1: So, Oran, I I put this topic in specifically for you. And um, typically, when we have a guest here, I'll go through their Twitter feeds, see what you guys are commenting on hotly, uh, so we at least have at least one topic that's right in your 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 wheelhouse. Okay, and I know you have had a lot to say over the last couple of years about some of us having a strange new respect for Bill Mars and those types of people that. Maybe this that it's that's that's fool's gold is essentially your take, I believe, right? And 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 then the question comes, you know, is there a critical mass of good old-fashioned liberals? Like, what was the movie John Stewart wrote during the COVID yeah. year? And I loved that movie; I yeah. thought it was tremendous. Okay, um, is there is there a critical mass of old-fashioned liberals that would get clipped by the spirit of the age, and so they might they would they might be willing to line up with people like us, at least on a temporary basis to say, Hey, we can't sustain any form of a free civilization this way. All right. I I'm, it sounds to me like you're going to be very dubious of this prospect.
3: Yeah, no, this is never happening and we've already seen why. I mean, you look at guys like Sam Harris, right? And, and everybody loved Sam Harris for 10 seconds because he was against Islam after uh, you know that that kind of became a huge thing and he's speaking against the left. He's speaking truth to the left. He was part of the IDW that was going to break out and they were they were going to bring reasonable centrism back to the left. And we see what happened he got a little whiff of donald trump and he absolutely lost his mind he talked about how it's fine if joe biden is stacking you know dead bodies in the basement these people are never going to care about you they hate you they hate you way more than they hate the intolerant left yes they wish they could go back to making whatever jokes they did in the 90s yes it would be nice if they didn't have to jump through the hoops of the HR you know, seminar, whatnot. But let's be clear, Stewart is already doing that stuff. He was already having episodes on that show talking about the problem of whiteness. He was going through struggle sessions, having to listen to people tell him about what an evil person he was. He was already buying into this malice thing. He was already down with the revolution. He's just run into a couple things here and there that he disagrees with. He decided to pull the plug probably because he understood the direction his show is going. But at the end of the day, these people hate you way more. And they will never align with you. They might flirt with you for a second to grab some ratings, get some good headlines, but they're never on your side.
1: Here's why I believe this is a very pertinent question, just beyond the intellectual fascination of the question. (laughs) But I, I think it is a very pertinent question for this era because there isn't enough of us to successfully push back against this. And I, and I have no idea what the, what the political agency we have available uh, at the moment that would actually adequately permit us to do so. Do you know? Like, is, is voting straight ticket Republican going to push back on any of this stuff? So we lack agency. We don't have a, there's only two parties and neither one of them Fully, or maybe fully is the the wrong word to use, because you're never going to agree 100% with everybody. How about um, sufficiently? We'll go with that word. Neither one of them sufficiently represents us in a meaningful way to give us a level of agency to push back on this on a, in, in, in any significant form. And so the only hope was, from far as I can tell, is is to avoid this thing descending into you know our own version of bolsheviks versus mensheviks um or dueling apparatchiks or Antietam, the only hope was um, that there was a, there would be enough people that were maybe disagreed with us substantially on some mis- on fundamental issues but were critical thinking enough to understand that we're going to kill the goose that laid the golden egg here unless we stop doing what we're doing. And, and sanity has to prevail. And once sanity prevails, we can get back to having the same arguments we were having about fundamentals before. But the first fundamental is we have to be sane. What I hear you saying, Oran, is you don't believe that kind of a coalition basically is possible, right? You don't think that's achievable.
3: Never bet on sanity in the middle of a revolution. That's just a <laughs> losing bet every time. It is. It is already Mensheviks versus Bolsheviks, and it's only going to get more so. We have to get outside of this frame of just thinking. Well, if we get enough moderates on our side, then that's what shifts everything. Look. Do you think that most of what these people have been pushing was popular with the masses? Of course not. Like Nobody was looking to trans their kid 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. What happened? The people who were in charge grabbed the, the zeitgeist by using elite institutions. That's what matters. Not some 51% of getting classical liberals on your side.
1: Do you... I assume you... Well, I don't... I shouldn't assume. Do you agree with me about... What that existentially means, if your analysis is correct. Sorry, can you clarify that a little bit? That there's 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 really only two ways in human history that these sorts of irreconcilable differences are settled. There isn't a third way. It's settled via um, the capture of institutions, as you mentioned. And so, therefore, whether you, you use the political process, whether that's elections, appointments, etc., to get a hold of institutions to essentially um, organize and or weaponize. I mean, it's organization if you're doing it, weaponization if it's being done against you. Uh, so to organize and or weaponize them towards your viewpoint and worldview, and it prevails. Or the old-fashioned way. Like, there isn't a third way. Pew-pew, you mean? You, so, but, Yeah. There's only there's only two ways. There's so, one that, so the good one's news, peaceable and one's not. So the good
3: news is is that there is a little bit of a third way, and that's the one I'm hoping for, though you're right to to say that it is it is less likely. The third way is simply that it becomes incredibly clear that those in charge can't get the job done anymore, and it just kind of falls apart. And this certainly happened with sections of the Soviet Union. Again, that's not completely, you know, without its own conflicts, to be sure. But there is a certain point at which people look around and are like, "Oh, I can't eat. I can't get a job. I don't really care about meeting your HR quota anymore. I don't know if I really want to go through this, you know, through the struggle session anymore. I'd rather just be able to have my kids grow up and go outside and, you know, not get hurt." And but what, what if the point, people are
1: so far gone that they don't care? Well, then, and that's why the and that's why we're in the position it, we're in today. We're, yeah. That's you see what I'm saying? I mean, that yep. that that ultimately, you know, what what replaced the Soviet Union? Um, a thugocracy, uh, you know, yeah. you know, essentially mafia, mafia chieftains and the and the and the prime minister, the president is the most vicious one of them all. But it's a thugocracy. That's what replaced the Soviet Union. And they were they were a republic for about 15 minutes, about as long as the Hasmonean dynasty. And then the Romans came in. All right. And so th- now it's a thugocracy. Right. I mean, I, I, it, what if what if what if what if the what if the, the, the revolutionaries cracked the code via China? And China showed that if you give people enough people satiation, enough access to modern convenience, accoutrement, uh, you know, a chicken in every pot, a dwelling and over their head, the amount of command, economy and control that they will let you exert over their lives, including which church they go to will be extraordinary. And what happened over covid was was it was a test case to see if the West was ready for that level of autocracy. And it, it well, from our perspective, we failed. But from their perspective, we passed. We're ready.
3: Oh, no. China has absolutely proved that. The, the the good news or the bad news, depending on how you want to look at it, is we're way more incompetent. Like our our <laughs> our, our, our evil overlords are just vastly more incompetent and vastly more ideological. And so they're not going to be capable of doing what China's done because, A, I think the, the, the population there is more passive. But B, and most importantly, I think that their elites are just way more competent than our elites. And they're not going to be able to pull us off. Look what they're doing. They're trying to start another War, like in the middle of a collapsing economy, where they already
1: can't, uh, you know, win the one. That well, they're next 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 ne- next issue, don't yeah. don't 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 spoil sorry, the plot. Sorry, yeah. But next issue, we're going to get into why they're they're just openly telling you why they think it'll be good for the economy. Right. But all right, this has been fascinating because. This is a conversation that we've had internally amongst the three of us for the last couple of years. Is there is there a point of exposure where the where this either falls apart or the people do some form of rise up? Okay? And and he's our and that's kind of what the 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 the, the stratagem that he's kind of articulating there. So it is good to hear somebody So I hope you guys are okay that I kind of indulged him a little mm-hmm. extra time to get that perspective. All right. Your reactions to what we what we were just discussing with Oran.
4: Well it, it's it's Oran's, of course, right, but it's worse. He, he, even if Jon Stewart and company could ultimately had a full-on public mea culpa and came on board, it, I, were you really worried about this latest Jon Stewart show? And in what fact, I did not know it existed see, until it got point. canceled. Yeah, He already created Frankenstein's monster with his old show. That is the, all his minions that he created back then in multiple generations are now... They're not, they're unrecoverable. They're the revolutionaries. They're That's the, the problem. Yeah. If if John Stewart did a public mea culpa and and I don't think John Stewart and Bill Maher are the same people. I agree. They're not. But let's say they're yeah. two Jews. Let's say now they're together. We got to stop this. They go uh, around college campuses right now and say, God, "Do you really think?" Yes. Tell me more. No. Get out of here, old men. We're, we're burning this place We're down. gays for Hamas. The damage yeah. is
2: done. Yeah. Aaron. So I I, I share Oran's perspective when it comes to the Bill Mars and uh, John Stewart's of the world. I do think when they happen to trip over themselves and align with us, they are entertaining listens. But it kind of starts and stops there. But just game theorying this out, let's say you had every late night host, every John Stewart, every Bill Maher on your side. I would still take one Chris Rufo over all of them. Because on their own, they are not institutions; they are still part of an institution that mm-hmm. has been captured.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, I'd rather have one Chris Rufo who is actually attempting, in his own way, and at his uh, in in good ways as well. And uh, he's had a lot of success. I would rather have one of those guys on my side. The problem is is that the left has about 500 Chris Rufo's of their own, uh, and so this is a long road to hoe. But uh, at the end of the day. Even if you had this critical mass of Mm -hmm. classical liberals, they're still part of institutions that are captured. And until they realize that and start to reverse course and have some sort of spiritual reawakening themselves, just tripping over themselves and happening to align with us on various issues here and there, that doesn't make for much of an alliance at all.
1: Pre-COVID, I would have agreed with the idea that there was a critical mass of inefficiency and duplicity and corruption that the people would rise up and oppose. I, I really don't, un, I, I I just don't, I, you, you can't convince me of it post-COVID that there is. Good. People surrendered, pre- people surrendered everything um, and every nation on earth beat their swords into plowshares without a bullet fired or a treaty signed with this, regardless of government structure, form, cultural heritage, everybody got on board with a couple, with a very limited exception and, and even here, all right. Email Floods of emails from people that are part of the folks that own the 300 million guns telling me they're trapped in their homes because Governor Pritzker told them they couldn't take their kids to the, to the playground. And I, I just, I don't see how, ba- that to me, that's why I use that as an example. That was the test case, man. And for Davos, we passed. For what we're talking about <laughs> here, we cosmically failed. Exit question. If we're American culture 10 years from now, we're a Led Zeppelin song. Which Led Zeppelin song would it be? A- stairway to heaven so revival b no quarter meaning here we go c dazed and confused kind of where we are now d good times bad times basically dividing into sectarian uh regions uh, that are dramatically different like like every every place is either florida or california basically
2: aaron dazed and confused todd
1: the latter sectarian yeah okay oran
3: also dazed and confused
1: See, I don't know that, can we go another 10 years dazed and confused at the pace we're decelerating now? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Because I'm, to me, I I, I think it's A, B, or D. And I usually let you guys just answer these without them since I get the question. It makes it unfair, but. All right, we we kind of spoiled what's coming next, but uh, we'll expand on that a little bit more when we return. Hey, I've got a couple of questions for you. How are you paying for your health care? And how is that working out for you? If it's working perfectly, great. But if not, listen closely. I, I may have a solution for you. It's a biblical one, in fact. It's called Samaritan Ministries. It's a community of Christians paying one another's medical bills. It's biblical, affordable health care sharing. And because it's not insurance, there's no restrictive network. So here's how it works. When a medical need arises, you choose the health care provider that's right for you and have a say in the treatment you receive even if it's an unconventional or natural approach. Send your medical bills to Samaritan Ministries and they'll notify members to pray for you and send money directly to you to help you pay those bills. It could be more affordable than what you're paying now. And if it's the right fit, you can join anytime, even today. So check it out at samaritanministries.org slash Steve Dace, samaritanministries.org slash Steve Dace. Let's welcome back in. Oron Ron McIntyre, our colleague here on Blaze Media. Make sure to subscribe to his podcast. As we continue with the weekly look that, at the week that was, let's begin or continue, I should say, with issue three. Mitch McConnell says the quiet part out loud.
2: Mitch McConnell went on CBS's Face the Nation last weekend to discuss Ukraine and says piles of dead Ukrainians and Russians are good for our manufacturing base. If you look at the Ukraine assistance, let's, let's talk about where
1: the money's really going. A significant portion of it's being spent in the United States, and 38 different states, replacing the weapons that we sent to Ukraine with more modern weapons. So we're rebuilding our industrial base.
0: That's what President Biden's seeking to do.
1: It's it's correct. No Americans are getting killed in Ukraine. We're rebuilding our industrial base. Uh, The Ukrainians are destroying the army of one of our biggest rivals i have a hard time finding anything wrong with that i think it's wonderful so from from the from one of the big the big one of the big arguments republicans and democrats had post-world war ii was over the welfare state and it's dawn via fdr's new deal and democrats driven by keynesian economics then took that to the next level with the great society and they've grown it ever since believing absolutely that government is what saved those government policies were what saved the country from the great depression. Republicans have always responded with no world war II did reignited America's manufacturing base also um, reignited the entrepreneurial spirit coming out of the great depression, coming up with new plastics, new manufacturing techniques, uh, new technologies in and of themselves in order to win the war. All right. and so this is this this argument is is essentially pre Roe versus Wade. This was the number one political argument that Republicans and Democrats had until Roe v. Wade, and then it became abortion. But this this would this remains the number one economic argument that they had. And remember, Mitch, your ditch. You're talking. You know, this is a boomer, so he grew up in an era of this argument. Now we've not really had a Republican make it. Blatantly affirmative, though, the way that Mitch McConnell is, right? It is one thing to make it negatively and, or retroactively, and from as it, well, this is what happened in history, and applying it to a cause we all will agree was just and we had to fight, all right? We've not actually seen a major Republican figure remove all patriotic lingo, all patriotic branding, right? and just come right out and say i mean this is this is a economic stimulus program this is a racket we have to do this the economy is struggling and and if we're going to have to you know make up a target and kill a bunch of people nobody cares about putin seems about as unsympathetic as it gets so i am fascinated to see that that essentially you know we've talked a lot the last few years guys about Democrats just coming right out and saying the stuff that we would put in our talking points and commercials they really meant and they're just saying it out loud now this goes the other way this is basically the, the, the arguably the highest level elected Republican in America coming right out and saying and fulfilling what tons of Democrat commercials against Republicans for decades have claimed and just flat out saying it's true that's why we're doing this And then even saying, well, that's why Joe Biden's doing it, too. So now for those of you that love that Uniparty or Unibrow talking point, he's confirming that for you as well. All out in the open. Now, I'm not sure looking at our economy, you're seeing the macro benefit (laughs) from all of this that Mitch is claiming. But you know what they'll say when you point that out? It would actually be worse if we weren't doing this. same thing we heard during COVID. Oh, All yeah, right, maybe masks don't work, but it would be worse if we didn't wear the mask. Maybe the jab doesn't work, but it'd be even worse if we didn't take it. Maybe lockdowns didn't work, but it would be worse if we didn't. You know I mean? The, the things that are not... You know, that, that are, you know... Unfalsifiable. Yeah, exactly. You say it better than me. Exactly. So, Todd, let me start this time with you. You're up.
4: Well, you went where I was gonna go. But even before that, if at first, you know, it, it's... It, it, he actually said, it's wonderful. Yeah um no no version of just war theory would uh, would allow
1: entire for economic get, gain is not get, just warfare any, anything yeah
4: he just said so it's it's just morally debased and decadent and then secondly and then also it's important it's then it's not even working uh how much is your grocery bill can you move can you buy that used car, the stuff that uh, uh, Steve talks about? Th- thirdly, this is a, a man. Look at, look at him. Look at him. He should not be ruling you on any level. And I don't even care if he had a distinguished track record before him. In fact, he has something along the lines of Nancy Pelosi, who has used this government job to enrich himself. See, he he is actually the physical manifestation of everything that he's talking about, which is why he says, oh, it's wonderful. He has grifted an entire system that is supposed to be of the people by the people and for the people and he has used it for maximum game for himself so of course he's calling it wonderful of course remember the aha moment we all had when he went over to ukraine and we thought maybe maybe they'd be like what's going on here and he went over there was like no this this looks tip-top shape to me and then that for me i know was was that
1: before after you two performed
4: there uh, yeah, I don't recall. But that this is that, that, that's when my reverse Wakanda theory went into full gear, that there is simply a, something going on here that has nothing to do with the rest of us, which is why he has such a big smile on his face. When is the last time Mitch McConnell operated as if he cared about the
1: rest of us? That's the most salient without glitch that glitch has communicated in the last yeah. three to five months aaron is that clip right there
2: he's the personification of this meme Holden blood feast republican from iowa 118 years old please god just let us nuke iran nothing else matters i'll do anything please i just want to see burning flesh one last time before i die respectable bipartisan <laughs> he is the personification of that meme
1: I have not seen that, but that is that information.
2: No, I didn't. He and and Lindsey Graham and and the rest of the cabal up there. You
1: see Ryan Long's video this morning. I did. Politicians said, I just want one more war, I promise, then I'll be done. Yes. Oh, that
2: was perfect. Yes. Yes. I I don't know what else there is to say because Todd, you just and you you made this a, a good point and I think it's worth repeating again. It'd be more tempting to entertain Mitch McConnell's argument if it were actually working. Is it working? Do right. you see evidence of that working? Todd, could you buy
1: a house earlier this year?
2: I tried twice,
1: I couldn't. And not. and we don't have to out what I pay you. I pay you pretty well, Todd, don't I?
2: That's not that's not
4: the
1: problem. Yeah, that's not the problem. Yeah, so it's not a lack of resources on your end, is it? No. No. It's the actual it's the navigation of the housing market, selling your house on both it, ends, yeah. yeah. On both ends, getting getting what your house is worth, Yeah. and then on top of that now affording 8% mortgage rates. Yeah. On on the nice salary that you're making. Correct. Correct.
2: So, yeah. it's it's either about something else it's not really about stimulating the economy or the manufacturing base it's about something else or or we go back to what oran said in the last segment our elites are just incompetent and clueless that's where that's kind of where i'm ending up on this either there's something else the reverse wakanda is going on or else they are just completely insulated and clueless
1: oran you're up what do you think
3: it was just nice to see a republican politician pretend to care about uh, one industrial worker job in the united states but yeah (laughs) like obviously this is just all crap we all know this like like it's very clear that they're not stimulating any economy they're just funneling money to their friends this is Mm -hmm. just blatant corruption it's not even raiding the treasury the treasury is empty you're just printing money out of thin air and shoveling it into the furnace hoping that you can run the engine for just a little longer this is absolute insanity if this doesn't collapse an empire what will but they don't care because they just can't imagine a scenario in which they don't get everything they want all the time america is not an economic zone and if you want to just look at a few random numbers and hope that that ends up saying, well, there's enough GDP, everybody's fine, then you're an idiot because that doesn't mean people are doing well. But of course, everyone knows Mitch McConnell is doesn't care about you doing well because he looks like some kind of horrific body horror supervillain from the next, you know, Halloween movie. Like it, it's 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 so sad it's
2: incredible. Other than that, he has a wonderful singing voice. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Are we the rhinos? Yes. Yes. We should, this should have been clear 10 years ago.
1: You know, kind of like we are the walking dead. We are the rhinos, right? Yeah. Yep. We're the rhinos, right? Yeah. I know you probably agree with this, Aron, correct? We're the rhinos. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, you're looking at us like, you know, I think I love you. But, yeah, I mean, we're the, we're the rhinos. We're the rhinos. Exit question. Who is more likely to be in power in Washington, D.C., Come January of 2025. Ditch McConnell or Donald Trump. Aaron. Ditch. Todd. Ditch. Oran.
3: I'm I'm going for the Hail Mary. I'll go with Trump. Keep hope alive. Yes. Keep hope alive. That's very off
4: brand for you, Oran. You didn't need it. (laughs) I know. It it has come to this.
1: It It has come to this. Expose it all. Let it all burn. (laughs) The Republican Party going down is actually what we need. And it's come to this. That guy is the one. All right. Still saying the rosary. That guy is. Okay. All right. Let's get to issue four. Okay. If you could pick a successor to McConnell, this might be one of the hardest kicker questions we have ever asked. If you could pick a successor to McConnell, a Senate Republican leader, whom would it be and why? It has to be a current Republican senator, which is why this is one of the hardest
2: <laughs> this is this one of the, is the hardest of, kicker questions we've ever asked. This is actually one of the easiest, in my opinion.
1: Okay, oh, there are like two or three options. Well, is you're yeah. To say?
2: Okay. It's Rand Paul, and I've said this before. Of any of these individuals, let's just say Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, Rand Paul, pick another U.S. senator. I believe Rand Paul has the highest chance of being taken out by the deep state because, at a visceral level, <laughs> I believe that guy just has has a measure of I don't give a that those guys, at a personal and When you and wear a turtleneck level. and when you flaunt that yes. turtleneck as often
1: as he does, you don't care. And Take so, it from somebody
2: who flaunts turtlenecks, I know. I yeah. think there's something about him. I mean, he was at the baseball field. His neighbor freaking beat him up. I think right. there's something about him that drives all the right people just absolutely bonkers.
1: I was going to say they did technically try to kill him. His neighbor, yeah. <laughs> His neighbor assaulted him. Todd? I have a tie, and it has
4: everything to do with all the reasons— uh, Aaron just laid out uh, but they might go in different directions and one of them is Rand Paul but the other one would be Kirsten Cinema. oh yeah just it, she'd go in a different direction but it, she also
1: has that if you get her I, I, I was about to say I'm feeling you but given who we're talking about I thought I probably shouldn't use that language but yeah yeah, yeah I I get that she I may mean, burn she, it
4: down in a different way. But. She might
1: be. She might. Yeah. She's, she's actually been one of the more right. thoughtful representatives we've had the last few years, right. which is, I'm cutting myself Logar. now. Oran, go ahead. Yes. Who would you pick?
3: Uh, with Rand already selected, I'm going to audible to JD Vance.
1: Okay. Uh, just because little,
3: little, little different, little, little change of pace there. I think new blood. Let's go to predictions now. And
1: we've got about three minutes, Aaron.
2: The replay review official in the Iowa-Minnesota game will be working in the FCS next year. I'm still burned about that. Still peeved. Oh, It's been nearly a week.
1: I think there's more likelihood in the current culture we live in that he's doing the national championship game. You're probably right. I mean, the John O'Neill crew, now we're doing like real inside baseball here. Okay. But if you're a Big Ten sports fan, you looked for how many years to make sure John O'Neill was not calling your game. Right. Okay. And then we saw him in the national championship and and he's retired now. But he he got the best postseason jobs as and he was the worst officiating crew we had in our league. Make it make sense. Yes. Todd. Uh
4: Wisconsin your prediction. covers the spread this weekend against Ohio State.
1: I like how we, that, we're like we're like having these like <laughs> the end is nigh and we're coming out with just like Sport the most ball. trivia yeah. sports predictions. Oron, go ahead.
3: Yeah, i got to start watching more sports so I can do a, a lighter uh, prediction one day when I'm on the show. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with we don't go to war uh, over uh, Israel. That, that that one is too hot. That one actually has real consequences. They'd rather just keep using that as an excuse to, fun- uh, to funnel
1: money to Ukraine. I, I, it's a complete false choice between uh, standing with Israel yeah. and we have to go to war with Israel. The reality is it is far more likely that Israel would do what is necessary and and must be done here if we actually left them alone to handle their own business and minded our own, okay? Um, It's, you know, (laughs) Biden went over there last week with the intent of trying to stall that ground invasion, I think. I I think it's a false (laughs) choice between um, we have to stand with it. We we either stand with Israel or, you know, we're locking arms with the uh, IDF, And with our own soldiers in Gaza. My prediction, I hate to do this after what I just said. Raiders are going all the way, y'all. Michigan's winning the whole bleeping thing after what's going on right now. Stop it. Absolutely, man. Full major league. They're not Of sound mind and body. Just win the whole, nothing else to do, but win the whole bleeping thing. Win it at all. Win it at all. You never learn. Guns up. Never learn. And and, and embrace the villainy. We'll take it. Just like the Patriots went out and won the Super Bowl the year of Spygate. The U went out and won all those national championships while they're doing cocaine with Luther Campbell. All right? It's on. Or on don't don't follow more sports. This is why. (laughs) Don't. Don't. It's Major League time. The only thing to do is to win the whole bleeping thing. All right? I mean the 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 chip that that this whole scam has put on, this contrivance has put on our shoulders, man. You know how I got to meet Bob Vanderplotz? He wanted to run in the gubernatorial primary against the Iowa wrestling coach Dan Gable, and I and I did an interview with Dan Gable that I, I did not intend to be negative. It, in fact, it was to be flattering because I was a sports guy at the time, and Gable's answers were so bad that Vanderplas took those clips and spread them around to the media. And he sent me a cookie bouquet thanking me for doing that interview. All right. (laughs) I may send cookie bouquets to the entire Ohio State media when this is all said and done. I I, I can't thank you enough for what you've done here. Oran, good to see you. Thank you. Great. Thanks for having me. You got it. We'll come back. It'll be Feedback Friday in a moment. Stay tuned. To live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast appreciate all of you tuning in i'm steve dace he's todd erzin he is Aaron McIntyre, you are you, and you can let us know what you think about what we think. You can do so several ways. Try emailing the program, steve at stevedace.com. And that's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook, me, we, and Yab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, her Instagram, and TikTok. You can also, uh, if you are a podcast listener, please hit a, give us a five star review if you like us. Thanks to all of you who have. And then you can also hit subscribe, or if you're on iTunes, follow. And that way, every time we do a new show like today, uh, it ends up in your feed every single time. And thank you to all of you that have done that as well. This part of the show brought to you by our friends over at The Beam Dream and their magic powder. Because did you know that poor sleep can cause weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health, lower productivity, and that sleeping less than six to seven hours per night is linked to reduced blood white blood cell count you know all that does is protect, all those do is protect your body against illness and disease fighting viruses bacteria and more that's why we're introducing the beam dream we have uh, been telling you about the the beam dream powder it's their healthy hot cocoa for sleep today you get a special discount on beam dream powder their best selling hot cocoa with no added sugar and it's now also available in flavors like cinnamon cocoa, chocolate peanut butter, and mint chip. Better sleep has never tasted better. Dream is tested for high quality efficacy and formulated to ease your body into rest and support all four stages of the see- of the sleep cycle with no, and this is key to, no next day drogginess you can go, or grogginess, I should say, you can go and enjoy bedtime again. So find out why Forbes and others are talking about Beam and why it's trusted by the world's top athletes and business professionals. If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream pop dream powder, get it for up to 40% off for a limited time. When you go to Shop Beam, just like it sounds, B-E-A-M, shopbeam.com slash Steve. That's 40% off at checkout at shopbeam.com slash Steve. Shopbeam.com. All All right, you guys ready for some feedback Friday? You Let's bet. have it. Let's get to it. We start here. My, <clears throat> my family is undergoing a journey I do not wish on anyone. I left for work Tuesday before 4 a.m. on our 15th wedding anniversary with my wife giving me a kiss. That morning was typical until literally a minute before I was to conduct a morning project meeting. My wife called to tell me the last, uh, the last, uh, our, our last 18 week daughter did not have a heartbeat. My heart literally broke. I had to conduct the meeting, called my boss and left. I was originally heading the 16 miles home to get our girls, but changed midway, uh, to go to the doctor's office to get my wife. We had to go in the next morning at 8 a.m. and just before 9 p.m. Our daughter was delivered. Her cord was wrapped around her neck three times. Apparently that is very rare. She was delivered four years, 11 months to the day after her oldest sister was delivered stillborn at 36 weeks with the cord wrapped around her neck twice. Unlike the two hours we had with her sister, we finally had to let her go just before seven the next morning. We are going to be working through this grief for the rest of our lives. The difference between now and five years ago is we have our three-year-old and our 20-month-old, 21-month-old to care for now. And we both have a sense of peace before when we didn't. We're sad, angry, but also peaceful and more. The reason I'm writing to you about this is because in spite of this tragedy, we are trying to put a foot forward for our children. We know what must be done in spite of the pain and we are doing it. Your listeners need to remember that minor losses and comfort now will help us save our children from the evils we face later. This will be a long, hard road. But the last decade of trying to have a family has sent my wife and I through 11 IUIs, two chemical pregnancies, two stillborn daughters, one miscarriage, and two healthy, beautiful daughters. Our recently passed daughter was our only naturally conceived child. My great-grandmother was the last born and the only surviving child past the age of two of nine children. I was in awe of just how much perseverance my great-great-grandparents went through for her. In spite of all modern technology and advancement, we have nearly come full circle. My grandparents lost their only planned child they had, which would have been their fifth, but had two more to make six healthy children. Nobody else in our families even comes close. Why us? Why did this miracle after 11 IUIs get taken from us? We may never know because God doesn't owe us anything. Your listeners need to know that through Christ, they can overcome anything. It will still take work. More work than most of us want or even currently think is possible. But that is the only way to save our children from the demons at work in this mortal coil. God bless, sincerely. Jake, Mark Graf. Thoughts? Uh,
4: well, I identify closely with the broad theme there, um, because uh, I find this. You know, I haven't been ill much uh, since uh, COVID, but being ill this this time, what do you do with the suffering? That's a question at the heart of what he's talking about. Uh, My suffering was just an illness, and God bless you and your family uh, in moving forward um, from such a deep and scarring hurt. But move forward, as he understands, we we must do nonetheless. And he talks about comfort there and the lack of it, just in, in illness. What, what do I do with this? Well, you, you offer it up, uh, your, your suffering when it's, when it's not internalized as just a me, me, me thing when it is given over just as the Lord did his suffering, healing all the world. Well, we are born in the image and likeness of God. Our suffering can and must serve a purpose. When you suffer, whatever it is, do you turn it into a prayer? Do you offer it up for those you love? Do you offer it up for the current events in the world? What do you offer it up for? Do you say, help me, Lord, to suffer well, and may it be for your glory? Uh, I fear all too many of us don't understand the opportunities that lie in suffering because suffering does come for us all in one way shape or other and we keep anesthetizing ourselves even as christian modern first world christians to make sure it never happens and we think and this is where prosperity gospel nonsense we we with when there is suffering instantly as a christian your instinct should be how do i turn this into a prayer for the glory of god
2: hmm well said. I don't know why I, as I was listening to that email, I think it was I think it was his contention um, in there that we God doesn't owe us anything. We don't know why things like this happen. I started thinking of um, Great is Thy faithfulness, which is based on Lamentations, I think, three twenty-two and twenty-three. And that's, you know, that's a book. It's lamentations. It's it's lamenting. But in the middle of lamentations, your mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. That is, that is kind of the the overarching message, at least that I heard from that from that uh, from that email. And um, that's a perspective that is. It's not easy to come to. I, I can't imagine going through what he went through. But God bless him. God bless him for recognizing that this is hard, that it's painful, that this is true suffering. It is suffering. But he also recognizes still, even in the midst of that, that God's in, in, in charge and in control. Um, God bless you, brother.
1: Amen. David writes, I found your podcast after I saw your Hospital podcast in the spring of 2023 it was shared in my Twitter feed. I was drawn to the directly biblical perspective applied to conservative talk radio. I'd been a daily listener to Rush prior to his passing and have since bast- uh, since bounced around the conservative podcast space until your show struck the chord, aligning my beliefs with my faith. I have found myself a young Christian father and husband with a deeply rooted biblical faith struggling without the guidance of a father or mentor in my faith. I have sought out biblical mentoring, but have not yet found it within the men of my church, but will continue to seek that support. Yet the situation below has often led to a stumbling block with the men I've talked with about biblical mentoring. I struggle with having a faith professing father and mother with whom I have no relationship, despite being blessed to have been raised in a Christian home. Having been abused by my mother and not protected by my father, I separated myself and my new bride shortly after our wedding. After years of unrepentant manipulation and abuse with my wife's support, I decided we did not need my parents' negative influence in our and our future children's lives. One of the biggest hurdles I have had in the years since I distanced myself is the fifth commandment. And in and, and a biblical and the biblical tenet of honoring your father and mother, the one encouragement I've received is from Genesis that, quote, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife or cleave and they shall the two shall become one flesh. Yet I struggle to equate how Genesis two twenty four negates and replaces Exodus twenty twelve, which is honoring your father and mother. I've come to respect your biblical insight on a vast number of topics. I've heard you discuss the challenge relationships you've had with your father and father figures. And I hope you can discuss this. And I and you, Todd and Aaron, would will be willing to shed some light on this. Well, David, indeed, you have asked a question that is very central in my wheelhouse. And um, these things are not in conflict with one another. We have to come to grips with that. And, and, and we do by understanding what forgiveness means and, and how that plays into all of this. I mean, Jesus is asked, how many times do I have to forgive? And he gives a number, but the number essentially symbolizes an infinitely. Okay? Infinitely. And I, I, I needed to come to grips with my own sinfulness. I needed to come to grips with how I treated people and justified it because of how I was treated and that I'm not perfect and I don't deserve forgiveness and it's not well my sins aren't as bad as blankety blank It stops with my sins and I have to own that responsibility and those who sinned against me have to own that and we can subjectively argue whose burden or, or, or load or debt is more difficult for the Lord to carry, but that would be all subjective by our own bias. The Lord has to carry all our burdens and debts just the same. So it starts there. When you accept your own sinfulness and your own need for forgiveness from your Heavenly Father, then your own ego and emotions and hurt slowly but surely begin to pass away. And you're able to now see things more clearly. Now understand, in the biblical worldview, clearly often will mean paradoxically. What do I mean by that? Multiple things are true at the same time. Jesus is Lord of all, but we are not yet living in this on this earth in the literal fulfillment of what exactly that means. Meaning at any point in time, he may act within his sovereign will in history, but it is not until he brings history to its culmination that his sovereign will as we know it and understand it on this earth will be fully realized yet does that diminish his sovereignty at all no. no no two things can be true at once is god imminent or transcendent yes two things can be true at once am i forgiven for my sins and 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 in christ there's no longer any condemnation for me Yes. If I go out and do something stupid, will there still be consequences for my actions? Yeah. Yes. Con- are consequences and condemnation the same thing? No. The, the biblical worldview is paradoxical because it is perpendicular to this world, not parallel to it. You are a stranger in a strange land. You are in the world and not of it. This world is not your home, ultimately. So there's going to be discomforts there's going to be times that the math up here does not add up while the ground down here is still terra firma because you built it on the rock so here's what that means if you do the math with everything I just said you absolutely can reconcile the commandment to honor your father and mother and to move on with your life and here's how Whom was the vehicle that God in his sovereignty chose to give you a life? The life you have now that you feel you are blessed with. The wife you have. The pleasures of that relationship, the joys of that relationship, the intimacies of that relationship that you have. You wouldn't experience any of that without your mom giving you life. Someone gives you life, that's a pretty good reason to honor them, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. Now, does honor... Now, you know, here's the thing. Paul writes in Romans 13, give honor to whom honor is owed. It says to honor your father and mother. It doesn't say that everything they're going to do is honorable. Should you honor somebody's heresy? Should you honor that? No, no. Should you honor somebody's criminality? Should you honor that? No, no. Should you honor somebody's unrepentant sin? Should you honor that? No. Should you honor the abuse someone inflicted upon you? Should you honor that? No, no. Should you honor the person who gave you life? Yes. Yes. Should you honor the person who, uh, who, who fed <clears throat> you from their own body and then used their body to provide food for you later in life? Should you honor that? See where I'm going with this? Yes. Give honor to whom honor is owed. You, there would be no David to write an email to the Steve Day show without the mother who, who was abusive to you, but without her giving you life. In my situation, and I have said this many, many times over the years, Dave was not always a bad father. There were times he was a very good father. Very good for me that almost made it more difficult like if he had just been systemically bad you might have just said he didn't know any better move on this actually made it harder for me to forgive because he had he demonstrated on many occasions that he did know better there were times he was very kind very giving I remember one time there was a bully in middle school who picked on me and, and I was afraid to push back and fight back on him. Finally, he pushed a button. I was ironically wearing a Michigan sweatshirt like I am today, okay? Coming back from Christmas break and I was wearing a my the Michigan Rose Bowl sweatshirt, Jimmy Harbaugh senior year. I was wearing the Michigan Rose Bowl sweatshirt that my parents had gotten me for Christmas and I couldn't wait to wear it first day back from from Christmas break. And he just desecrated it, took his milkshake cup and just rubbed it all over my sweatshirt and stained it. And I was very upset. Next class we had together was choir. And I was very, very upset. And I don't, to this day, know what happened. I walked in there. I saw him. And I just jumped him right there in choir class and beat the snot out of him. Finally, they come in. Principal comes in. Choir teacher couldn't get me off him. Principal comes in. Finally, he gets me off of him. All right. Now, I'm the one being bullied. I retaliated. At the very least, we both should have gotten the exact same punishment. Instead, I got the worst one. Because, see, the other kid had a perfect attendance record, and if he got suspended or in-house suspension, that counted against it, and the school didn't want to lose having a student with a perfect attendance record and the reward for that. So they didn't punish him like they punished me. I came home that day, man, and I was very afraid. Dave was on winter layoff from his construction job, so I knew he'd be home, and I thought, man, he was going to pound me. The opposite happened. He asked me one question. Did you start it, young man? And I looked him in the eye and said, no, I did not. All right, I believe you get in the truck. He drove that truck up there. And I remember sitting outside his, the principal's office. And I mean, I could hear him defend me and scare the crap out of that principal. On the drive home, I'd have done anything David asked me to do at that moment. Anything. Any wall he wanted me to run through, any chore he wanted done, I'd have done it all. And so for me, that's what made it harder. Because there were moments he was an excellent dad. And as I got older... He ran out of excuses. Because there were more and more examples that he could do better. He knew better. For whatever reason, he wasn't willing to confront his own demons and admit that. That's my situation. But then I had to come to grips with the fact I had demons of my own. And I'm not a victim nobody is we're all sinners so no one's entitled to anything we're not entitled we're not we're not entitled to our grievances and when we act otherwise they destroy us they make us what we claim to not want to become so honor the woman who gave you life honor the woman who gave you food Gave you clothing. Honor the moments that she was a good mom. Honor that. Because those moments impacted you every bit as much as the abuse did. And helped make you the man you are today in total. And then at the same time, because now that everybody's an adult... And that mother of yours does not want to own her demons like Dave to this day does not. If I got a phone call from Dave right now in the middle of the show, if he texted me and said, it's finally time to talk, I would take it like that. But I don't get that call. And it's not my job to seek that call out. My job, going back to Genesis, is to leave my father and mother and cleave to my wife and build a family with her. That's my job. It is his job to come to me, not me to come to him. But I don't carry any grievance. I don't carry any disdain for him at all. I've let that all go. And I appreciate. You know, I joked yesterday, I think it was, when he hit me on the other arm coming home from Little League. Kind of an old school thing. There were plenty of lessons Dave taught me. The good way. They weren't. Destructive, he taught me a good work ethic to not accept defeat, to not accept failure. Failure is not an option. Defeat is an orphan. Take no loss. Get back up. Do not stay down. I learned these things from him and I am very, very thankful for them. And so I honor that. My biological who didn't bother. I wouldn't be here. If he didn't bother with my mom, I honor that. And that would be mama that you saw on the show yesterday, she wouldn't be here either. So I'm thankful that he planted the literal seed for these things to happen. Give honor to whom honor is owed. She is owed some honor by virtue of the fact you're breathing. Giving her that honor, here's the thing, just like with forgiveness, giving her that honor won't be letting her off the hook in any way. It'll be you letting go of what's left of her hold on you. And then you owe her nothing. You have your own family. And it'll be up to her to bridge that divide. Because she's the one that created it.
4: Can I say something? Of course. Uh great line at the end of uh, one of my favorite movies. I think it's underrated in both the Spielberg pantheon and generally speaking, but uh, Amistad, where the aging John Quincy Adams is making his speech before the Supreme Court. And as he's doing it, he's going past the busts of past presidents, which include, of course, his father. And he pauses at the bust of his father, John Adams, and he says this line, because who we are is who we were. This is a very biblical concept, the sins of the father, uh, how that passes on. The generational obsession of scripture in connecting the future to the past. To the, This is something... And, as a privilege of sitting here next to Steve, and he he laid this this out, but it, it's so important to what you're talking about. It bears repeating. It honor your father and mother. It's it's talking about a specific reality that good, bad, or otherwise, you can never ultimately fulfill yourself. You can make tactical decisions about how much you. Ha- Involve yourselves with them, but you can never just say, "I have nothing to do with that anymore." Y- you will always and forever, irrevocably, have something to do with that. It is your past. S- Steve, as smart as he is, in a, trying to run and escape, as anybody would understand, or the bad parts. You, he, he'll, he's told you on the show. You, you. You were so smart that you ran straight into decadence of all kinds, mm-hmm. being overweight, pornography. This is yep. it's when he fully embraced. I can't outsmart this forevermore. The quality of man I am cannot somehow make that go away. So I have to honor it because it's reality. You, that you, you. I think your term of honor, with all due respect, is way too hallmarkian Hmm. you 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 must honor these people gave birth to you in all its forms better for worse you will never ever ever have any prayer there's no magical anything that will escape that nor should it it is who you are at a spiritual and biological level that is simply reality do not run from reality Which is not to say that there aren't miracles to be had in all this, because what does God do for that which others intended for evil? He uses it for good. Look what Steve has done with his life. Far more than most men of this age win hundreds of excuses, and he used them to do less. Once he gave it all over to God, God did not erase that reality just like Steve Steve said before the consequences and condemnation Steve did not God, the Lord did not erase the crosses from the two on his side on his right and his left he did not erase it but my goodness but for, for the one redemption beyond all of our understanding so honor does not mean escape
1: and I think you think it does exactly You don't have the life you have without her giving you life. You don't have an opportunity to know your creator forever without her giving you life. You don't have the family you either have now or you want to have in the future without her giving you life. And the love you'll have for those children or the children you do have, none of that happens without her giving you life. Honor that. Because by doing that, you're really honoring them. You're really honoring him. The commandment to honor your father and mother is ultimately not about honoring human constructs, but honoring him. He and his sovereignty chose for these to be the vehicles that you were brought up and nurtured in this world. And it's an imperfect world and plenty of mistakes will be made. But because he chose to use them to bring you into this world, you now have the option of making your own mistakes and learning from them. And you wouldn't have had any of that had they not given you life in the first place. So, yeah, that is worthy of honor. doesn't mean everything they do is honorable. And as you're pointing out, the idea that that this is kind of an all-encompassing definition. No, it is not. It's a very specific one. All right, we'll come back uh, on Feedback Friday and try to get through as many of these. We have, we have several really, really good ones this week. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get through as many of these as we possibly can. Because uh, several of them, I think, are also of uh, timely and serious subject matter. So we'll come back and uh, get it going here in just a moment. Constitution wealth is the Patriot's choice in wealth management. Maybe you're one of those people that tries to avoid shopping with businesses who offend or attack your values. But did you know that you could be investing your retirement funds in those exact same businesses? Constitution Wealth wants to help you align your portfolio with your principles. They think you can be both prophetic and profitable. And they have helped uh, this audience already, people within this audience, align millions of dollars in their wealth and retirement already this year. They want to do the same for you right now. You don't have to invest in woke companies. To secure your retirement, just like we did at the Blaze this week. We broke away from big tech and their ad placements rather than letting our enemies decide what we do and do and get to say and who does and doesn't get to see it. Um, They do the same thing for you with your portfolio and your retirement at Constitution Wealth. Help them build the parallel economy, work together and put your productivity to work. For the kingdom of the one who gave you the skills that even allowed you to create that productivity in the first place. All right. Go to ConstitutionWealth.com slash Steve. Sign up for a free consultation today at ConstitutionWealth.com slash Steve. I want to share a text I got from a good buddy of mine. Steve Noble is a talk show host in North Carolina. Just sent this to me. Mike Johnson and I, the new speaker of the house. Steve says, My, Mike Johnson and I have been g- good friends since 2005. He helped me with a lot of legal firepower back when we were first getting started with activism down here. He was the main attorney at Alliance Defending Freedom for the Southeast. He has slept, been a guest in her home, spent the night in her home. My kids know him. He's one of the godliest men I've ever known. Number one mind on religious freedom and the Constitution in Congress. Argued before Sup- the Supreme Court. Just a super humble and charming guy. Our youngest might even intern with him uh, this summer or next. Cool. I got to tell you, I, you know, Steve is t- takes no quarter, man, and cuts no corners. So that endorsement means a lot from my perspective, you know. No, hey, man. Everybody's always one colossally stupid decision from having such statements about them reevaluated. Fair, nice. okay? But that, that that endorsement's going to carry a lot of weight with me. So I just I, received that and I want to
2: share it. That PBS clip notwithstanding, I, I've seen a lot more good from him than I think than things that are concerning. And mm-hmm. there are some concerning things, but I've seen a lot more good than, than that so far.
1: Um... Adam writes I'm not a Christian but I was raised in the church. I'm under constant spiritual attack from sexual trauma when I was 6 that caused mental illness and I'm in therapy but it doesn't help. I need prayer, I need God's help. What do I do? How do I trust him after what's been done to me and the pain that I've also caused? I'm 29. Is there hope for is there hope with me? Is there hope? Is there hope for me with relief from God? And why is this so hard? And why can't I commit to him? Adam I'm going to give a very simple and and brief answer, but please don't take that to mean that we don't take your situation very seriously. But I would I would urge you, in you in the community in which you live, to seek out um, people who do what my wife does for living here in Iowa. Okay, professional Christian therapists that can help you reconcile these things. It's uh, there is both um demonic and spiritual trauma, and then also mental illness. And those things can be symbiotic, they can be separate, but having someone who has the holistic biblical worldview to identify which is which, and even, you know, under acknowledge you, you were made in God's image and have an eternal soul in the first place will go a long way into helping you get there. And I think it would be a, a good first step for you rather than sending you right back to the church when that maybe you're not ready for that yet. And I, I think the first thing for you is I think you need some professional help to identify what is mental and what is spiritual in in you and the trauma that you suffered. And I'm very sorry for what happened to you. So in your community, and if there's others in this audience that have suffered similarly, I would strongly urge you to seek out professional Christian therapy in your in your community. And if you have a question about what you're looking for, feel free to email me steve at stevedace.com. I'll pass it on to Amy and uh, cause she knows a lot more about this than I do, but Godspeed brother. Seek that out ASAP. If you're listening today, don't let the sun go down without seeking out that kind of counsel. I had the pleasure of organizing and hosting Ron De- governor, Ron DeSantis at my church, Marion Avenue Baptist in Washington, Iowa recently. Uh, I've had the distinct pleasure of getting to know um, uh, him close and his team. Uh, I was also deeply involved in the Cruz campaign, but never really got to know Senator Cruz. I've had a chance to get to know Ron DeSantis and his wife, Casey. There's no performative nonsense with this guy. I know you guys have talked to him, too. I've never met someone with the plain old-fashioned resolve to see things through that he has. My church is not your average Baptist church. And keep in mind, Ron's Catholic, so it's going to be a bit of a different... Experience and what he's accustomed to. (laughs) My church is not your average Baptist church. We're old fashioned that we sing from a hymnal, and we preach hard on cultural issues and repentance of sin and of all kinds. We're not soft when it comes to the pulpit. My pastor is unafraid of any issue we deal with in this sick culture, and because of that, he and the governor actually hit it off. And that says more to me than just about anything else I could say. Uh, Ron, myself, and my pastor are all very close in age. There was no nonsense, comfort, or small talk there. Casey and the kids were welcome like any of the other moms with multiple little ones. His kids played for a short time with my pastor's three little ones in the office before service and listening to Casey pull out her mom voice as they got ready to get back on the bus, calling out Mason DeSantis as he ran around in the front yard of the church. in the mom tone, mean, meaning to listen up and come here, showed me this couple is not fake. This is not a performance. They're a real married couple. I didn't know how the DeSantis family would take our loud singing and amen hollering at church, but they loved it. His team loved it. We didn't treat them as a sideshow. We treated them as guests to our service, albeit with their own security. In addition to our own church security team, we have three Iowa state legislators who were in attendance too, and have been here at the church before. A few days later, Governor DeSantis left a heartfelt message for my pastor and the text I've received from the staff and the Never Back Down guys doing the bus tour were great. Governor DeSantis didn't ask to speak to our congregation, but we asked him to address us. He spoke for all of just seven minutes, but the moral clarity on life, religious liberty and the importance of local churches, the need to protect the innocence of children and the need of Christians to stand with Israel uh, sounded like a Baptist uh, preacher saying the same things to our congregation. The guy gets it. Frankly, I'm not sure that our country deserves him, honestly. My own comfort is knowing that we have a choice and I don't have to make excuses for the candidate I've chosen to support. I reached out to his office way back in early March and his now personal assistant called me then. And I've been on board with this effort ever since. Thank you for your endorsement of Governor DeSantis. Steve, I pray uh, more in what I thought used to be conservative media would show some courage and do the same. That is from Matt Wells. Any thoughts?
2: Saw the same thing when DeSantis was at my church, saw the same thing when he and Casey were in studio. Uh, They're just normal people who, um, you know, in in Ron's case, uh, rules one of the largest states in the country and has turned it bright red. They they just, I mean, the alternative is out there. We're, we're going to beat that into the ground. The alternative is out there. This is a referendum, not on him or Trump, but us. Totally agree.
4: And listen, DeSantis, if he manages to become president of the United States, you mentioned uh, w- whether we deserve him or not. We, we certainly don't. And his winning, I don't, won't be necessarily a sign of anything. It'll be an opportunity for all of us to roll up our sleeves and work, if, if, if the reaction to DeSantis winning, uh, okay, let's return to normal. Uh, yeah, let's wrong, kick up the wrong, feedback. Wrong. No, that's, Get to work yes. at every level harder than you've ever worked before as a citizen.
1: Ron DeSantis represents a, a, a normal that this generation is not accustomed to. Like yeah. this idea that, you're, you would just vote for him and then just sit back and watch no, the show. No. You'd have to enlist in the fight. You'd have to be engaged. He would, I mean, he's going to actually push the things he's talking yes. about. And that's going to require support, air support, not a passive or pleasurable viewing experience here. Okay. I mean, th- this, is, this would be an exercise in, in self-government, which used to be normal around here, yeah. but is not a normal that we have been accustomed to around here in quite a long time, when, which is why we currently prefer the show.
4: And so, like, it's it's going to be win-win either way with DeSantis. If we're, if we're afforded that opportunity, what a blessing. But I'd, it won't be a sign of anything. If having a, somebody the caliber of that man and that family and everything it represents willing to go to bat and we decide to pass on him, that will be a sign. And that will be a blessing as well. We will be told exactly the state of reality. Just like with that past letter writer and his, with his parents, like... To know reality in its bones and its steps will help you on how to move forward. And if we pass on a man like this, at this time, will we be told an important truth?
1: Everyone deals with pain from time to time, especially as we get older. Chances are it's from too much inflammation in your joints. You know, we can stay active. We can lose weight. But, you know, our joints don't get any younger. You guys, I mean, we don't live in these mortal shells forever. So... You're looking for an anti-inflammatory and preferably one that is drug-free if you can make that work. Not always. And if you can't, then, you know, get the best drugs. Uh, But if you can do something uh, with a treatment that won't tax other organs and systems in the body as a trade-off, take full advantage of it, we think that might be relief factor, the drug-free formula created by physicians who can prescribe drugs so they know what they're doing. Okay, and this is your drug-free uh, anti-inflammatory. About seventy percent of the time, uh, when people try the three-week quick start, they see such tremendous results in th- those three weeks that they stick around long-term. So, those are pretty good odds for just twenty bucks. Why not find out for nineteen ninety-five for just twenty bucks? see if if you don't see a difference, a substantial difference in your pain or less in three weeks or less when you go to relieffactor.com that's relieffactor.com relieffactor.com or call them at 800 the number four relief 800 the number four relief. Paula writes: I was a student at Bob Jones University in the early 80s. I met at the small at the mall some Iranian male students that were all extremely handsome. Long story short, I married one of them after I left the school. He hardly spoke a word of English, and I was young and foolish. Fast forward a few years, married with two small children. He was acting rudely, and I got mad. And during a fight, and it, and called him Saddam. And I shouldn't have done that. And uh, he screamed, I am not a dirty Arab. It was then that I found out about his hatred for dirty Arabs and Jews. He told me he learned this, this hatred with his mother's milk. And it was true. The marriage didn't last much longer after that, but till the day he died, he hated Jews. He called me a BB lover when we chat on the phone and dirty Arabs was evident long after he became an American. So after he actually completed the naturalization process. He just maintained the same world, same worldview he had when he was in Iran, but he came here with him. Weird how that worked. Another anecdote you may like, his mom came from Tehran and she came to visit us only one time, um, leaving all her minor children at home. So the government was assured that she would return. She spoke maybe a dozen words of English. We communicated with Google Translate and signing. I took her with our youngest to get her hair cut one time. The man cutting her hair was clearly a gay individual. There were no words in English, but she was with, but, but she, but with her scarf or she, but she with her scarf covering her head said, nah, and she drew her fingers across her throat, like a throat slash to indicate what would happen if this person were in Iran. Again, that is from Paula.
4: My You've mind only was blown, t- like, in the first sentence, Bob Jones, university grad, marries
1: young, like, what? The heart, or should we say the hormones, is, want what they want. Yes.
4: I'm going to... In the West, we really need to understand this again. But reality matters. Our Hallmarkian notions of what it means to be an American Christian are so... Damn
1: stupid. She knows that now. That's why she wrote this. No, 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 no I know. Yeah. This is
4: why it's an opportunity beyond you. You, you, you just, the, the degree a lot of you have made decisions in your own life that are similarly like this and you don't understand. You, you, they're, they're usually comfort related. But they they, they think, you, you think that there's like a a, a pixie dust magic notion of what being Jesus means sometimes Yikes. it just means
1: that person's hot and I'm very comfortable in being around them <laughs> because of that sometimes it just means that <laughs> okay I mean David once lost an entire kingdom because she was hot okay sometimes it's just as simple as he or she is pretty hot man Paul is admitting that yeah he was pretty hot Bob Jones University yeah but it's human nature man it's uh, absolute human nature. It's, at, dude, David is communing. David, David is writing Psalms, writing yeah, scripture. David is writing scripture and then like, eh, because she's hot. Let's we, go ahead. Is, and let's, is, let's just go ahead and roll the dice and risk this whole thing because she's hot.
4: The modern, but this, the modern American comfortable Christian who says things about, you know, the way their kids are, ah, you know, let just let them be kids. Kids be kids. I'm not saying, like put a burqa on them, but like you don't, that's fine. Where does that go? It doesn't go
1: to good it places. Goes, it goes to testimonies like Paula's, which it does she's not admit, go
4: to good places. It yeah. goes to
1: testimonies like Paula, which she's admitting to now. But now she's got kids she loves, and she has to have some connection with this individual. So now, if, if, if that has to be the case, at least we're getting some valuable intel out of it. Right?
2: Is it just unique to modern America, or is this just part of human nature, the, uh, nature, uh, the human condition that people do not leave the generation that they came of age in. No, I think that's the human condition. That's the, yeah, and I think that's, I think that's what we're, we're witnessing. And I'm not trying to smack Paula here, but along the lines of what Todd was saying, there's just, there's a, a generation that's dying out that never left the 60s. There's a generation that never left the 80s. Yeah. My generation hard time leaving their childhood in the 90s and early 2000s or snapchat or snapchat yeah, yeah. Um, and fundamentally have no desire to view the world as it is not as we would like it to be with our nostalgia colored yeah. tinged glasses from the generation that we came of age in I think that's what we're what we're witnessing
1: I think it's I think it's also every generation, Is capable of saying at any moment because she's hot because he's hot every generation is like i just said a few minutes ago david was writing psalms in the middle of that took a break to say bleep it let's just go ahead and roll the whole dice and run roll the whole kingdom on because she's hot and let's see what happens yolo okay and then and then after that went back to writing more psalms that's you know that's the human condition, but uh, what that provided her though, was an opportunity to share that it does matter what what the world views are that we in that we are importing to the country that matters tremendously and we have forgotten that because we behave as a culture as if worldview doesn't matter at all. Right, that's we can, my point. We, can, we can just commit random acts and things will just kind of magically turn out. Okay? Can and we all just be groovy and love? Yes. No! yeah, No! No, we can't. No, we can't. And every generation has to learn that the hard way. It appears that our generation is going to pick some of the hardest ways ever to learn it. Enjoy your weekend. See you all on Monday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace